Welcome to the Smiles Matter podcast by Microdental Laboratories. I'm Laura Kelly, and it's my pleasure to host our new series, Winning Strategies for Today's Dental Practice. A lot of times, you know, when we're thinking about treatment planning, it's different than sequencing. And so uh, we have to, treatment planning is just that we're kind of looking at the whole big picture things. We have to think about aesthetics. We have to think about function. We have to think about structure. We have to think about biology. We have to think about all those different things, but not necessarily that's always going to go in that order. As we know, learning to develop and manage our ability to assess and redirect resources to new areas has proven to be a key strategy in the support of a dental practice. Dr. Jeff Lineberry was able to join me to provide his insights into trends he has experienced in recent times and how adjusting his treatment planning protocols helped to meet his patients' needs in today's environment. Dr. Jeff Lineberry has a full-time practice focused on restorative dentistry in Mooresville, North Carolina. He obtained his Bachelor of Science degree in biology from Western Carolina University in 1995 and his dental degree from the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill in 2000. Shortly thereafter, Dr. Lineberry began his lifelong pursuit of furthering his education by attending the Pinky Institute in Florida. In 2009, he obtained his fellowship in the Academy of General Dentistry and the International Congress of Oral Implantology. In 2017, Dr. Lineberry became an accredited member of the American Academy of Cosmetic Dentistry and is now an associate member of the American Academy of Aesthetic Dentistry. Please join me in welcoming Dr. Jeff Lineberry. Welcome, Dr. Lineberry. Welcome to the podcast today. Thanks for having me, Laura. Glad I could be a, be a part of this. Oh, absolutely. And Gosh, it's it's uh, it's always very interesting to me, and I, I like to learn a little bit more about people, and and I think everybody does. Just how you got introduced to dentistry, and how you became inspired to pursue this uh, as a career. Well, you know, actually, interesting enough, in my family, I'm the first person in my family that went to college, and so obviously, I was the first one that went into dentistry, and so interesting enough, almost didn't go to college, and I had some friends that decided that they were going to go to college, and I thought, well, I'll, I'll check into this college thing, and so <laughs> long story short, I, I applied, and uh, I was fortunate enough to get an academic scholarship to one of the schools that my friends were going to, and so I went off to school there, and of course, I still remember going in back in the day when, you know, everything wasn't online, and you actually had to go stand in line to get assigned courses, and I remember showing up, and they said, well, what is your major going to be, and I said, biology, I think I, I really like it biology and they're like okay well that sounds great and what's your emphasis area and I said emphasis area I said you know <laughs> biology of course and they're like no no is it education is it pre-professional and you know they rattled off two or three things and I said you know pre-professional sounds really good yes, it sounds, sounds, sound good. Sounds, sounds good and so so honestly, uh, when I first got started in it, uh, I thought, you know, I think I may go into medicine. And um, so as I kind of delve further into the mix of things, uh, we had some different physicians that came into our study groups and talked. And, and long story short, I remember specifically one came in and he had two daughters that were teenagers and he 
he basically said, you know, he says, uh, the only time I ever see my kids is, is when they need something or need, need money. And they're, they're practically almost grown up. And he said, I feel like they, I've missed most of their lives. And it was at that moment, I was like, I, I don't want to do medicine. I was mm-hmm. like, that doesn't sound very enticing. And so fortunately for me, one of my friends had talked about going into dentistry. And so I uh, started kind of looking into to dentistry and then, uh, I was very fortunate to have a great mentor that I was able to kind of connect with, and he was very passionate about dentistry, and so uh, that's kind of what uh, fueled my fire at that point, and you know, went on to dental school. Yeah. What, what year did you graduate from dental school? I graduated in 2000. Okay. So you've really seen like a lot of changes too. So this is uh, how you're practicing today is... Quite a yes. Bit mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Things have changed quite a bit where, you know, we went from, I re- still remember in dental school when they were dabbling with Cerax and doing milling and 3D, you know, uh, Ganning and milling uh, to now it's obviously it's mainstream now. So, mm-hmm. so it's definitely, yes, I've seen that. And of course, you know, we go from, you know, back in the day when we had, you know, just literally the primary two restorations that we talked about with patients were PFMs and, and gold crowns. And sometimes was it, you know, do we want to do a porcelain fused and metal crown with, you know, a porcelain butt margin on it with a metal occlusal surface or, you know, do we want to do a metal margin all the way around, you know, to now, you know, we've got, you know, zirconia, lithium disilicate, we got different types of zirconias. I mean, mm-hmm. so, I mean, there's, you know, and the same thing with cements and, you know, we went from a handful of cements to, you know, now we've got a whole plethora of different cements that we use for different restorations and different situations. Yeah, it's, it is very interesting on how things have evolved and, and all of the, uh, you know, the new ways just to, to have better products. I think that's what we're all trying to do, right? When we're involved in this is try to figure out what, what can we do better, right? With uh, our technique, but also the different uh, systems and materials that we have. But, you know, let's, I want to dive in too right now, because this is just a very unusual time in dentistry. It's an unusual time for all of us that, you know, you and I were chatting uh, a little bit ago about the 18, you know, about over the last 18 months, you know, what's been occurring really with every business, you know, having to deal with uh, how we've been affected by the ongoing pandemic and, you know, just different companies and, and services either changing willingly or reluctantly embracing change or, you know, sort of a uh, forced to evolve quickly. Like were you, with your practice, can you share, you know, where you are now and today uh, in regards to new protocols and, and, and how you're working and what your outlook is for the rest of the year and beyond? As far as what I've changed, I mean, I've changed a lot. I mean, you know, one of the things that I have learned over this time, I mean, obviously, I mean, when the whole pandemic began, you know, roughly 18 months ago, I mean, there was so much uncertainty. And in fact, probably like so many practices in the United States, we were closed down for a brief period of time. And, you know, because there was so much question about how the virus was transmitted and how could we manage it and what we needed to do for proper PPP equipment. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we went from where we could just only see people that had infections and, you know, basically really concerning situations to where, you know, we were basically trying to keep people out of the ER because during that time, 
things were so crazy at the hospitals. Then we evolved over into having more stricter protocols where we were screening patients. We, you know, we weren't even seeing patients in our waiting room. In other words, we had everyone call in. Nobody was allowed in the waiting room at all. Screened every patient and brought patients back at a single time. We made sure patients didn't cross in hallways. I mean, there was so many different things that we added to it. We were wearing, you know, N95 masks. I mean, all these different things that we kind of basically kind of added to our protocol in the very beginning. We're still doing a lot of those things. You know, one of the beauty, beautiful things about time is, is that we have this thing called a look back period where we can kind of look back and start seeing that, you know, dentistry as a whole, we've had, uh, we've done a great job in infection control. We've been doing that for a really long time. And so we see that, you know, there's not really any increased rates of, you know, per se infection rates for, you know, uh, dental providers and our patients that are coming into the practice as long as you're, you know, obviously uh, practicing uh, correct measures, which I feel like everybody is. Uh, but as far as what we've done, I mean, you know, we, we're still screening patients on a regular basis. We're still talking to patients about COVID because, as you know, right now, I mean, the latest and greatest is the Delta variant of COVID that's come up. And so, you know, obviously we're, we went from about a three or four month period where we honestly were kind of getting back into a normal routine of things. We were still screening patients, but patients weren't sick. Patients weren't having any issues. People were getting vaccinated. We were seeing the overall rates drop down to where now we're starting to see that all of a sudden now uh, we're seeing that resurgence that's occurred over the past month or so. And, you know, now when people are, you know, starting to feel sick, they're calling and canceling because, you know, uh, that may be a concern. And of course, now we've, we've actually seen where we've had patients that have either been exposed to it or actually have gotten sick. Mm -hmm. Uh, and recently we did, we did have a patient who passed away from it. So, I mean, Mm -hmm. so we've seen this, I guess, upswing, so to speak. And then of course, in turn with that, uh, it's definitely made our practice a lot more fluid as far as our schedule because, you know, people don't just, you know, choose to, to wake up in the morning and say, you know, I don't feel well. And as you know, back in the day before pre-COVID, you know, if you woke up with a sore throat, most of us, we wake up and we just go on to work or go on to our dental appointment or whatever, unless we just felt deathly ill. I mean, we still showed up for those things. Now it's, well, I woke up with a sore throat. Okay, let's get you rescheduled for a couple of weeks down the road. Um, and that's now kind of the, I guess you would call more mainstream that's kind of going on with that. Right, right. So I feel like as far as the, is it going to be a continual challenge? Absolutely. I think that until we kind of got more of a grasp on things, uh, as far as the, you know, as we were talking briefly earlier before this, as, you know, as we start to see other variants, if other variants come out, is that going to change things? Uh, It's, I've come to expect the unexpected. Um, So... So that's one thing that I've learned is, is that with all this is that you have to be willing and able to adapt and change. Yeah. And I think, I mean, from what 
I mean, and you, you would know better. You have, you know, you have a dental practice, you're seeing a lot of patients, your team's communicating with a lot of patients. I think that the dental practice is one of the safest places that, that people, you know, um, I mean, you feel safe there. I think what I've come to hear, I mean, really, honestly, I, I would think they feel really comfortable talking to you about everything that's going on, right? With And, and asking questions about health and safety and their, you know, in a dental environment, you know, while they're concerned about, you know, their overall dental health too. Do you think that's, uh, are you seeing anything change with that? Yeah. I mean, you know, we definitely have p- patients that ask and talk about that. We are also starting to see that as well, where we're starting to see patients that are starting to take more of an interest in their oral health because they realize that, uh, of course, they've become more health conscious about their overall health, but they also realize that their oral health is tied to their overall health and, and maybe they need to, to take care of those things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. More so, awareness. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, so any anything new that you're incorporating into the practice with that on an, on sort of a, I mean, I don't, you know, do, do you, ha- how do you communicate regularly with your patients? You know, as far as, well, we, we always talk to patients on a regular basis as, you know, as they're coming into the practice on, mm-hmm. the, you know, we, we definitely are talking to them about how are they doing? How's their overall health, you know, family health questions, concerns, things that we can maybe try to do to, to try to help improve uh, that overall. As far as like, just in general communicating with patients, I mean, we, you know, obviously when we're scheduling appointments, I mean, we're, we're, we try to take every opportunity we can to try to communicate with our patients about um, any concerns or things that are going on at that time. Mm-hmm. When you look back over, you know, like the last 18 months, is there anything even just like on a positive note or just anything in general that you didn't expect to see, but, but you have? Definitely a couple of things as far as positive notes. I mean, from a definitely seeing more patients that are, like I said, they are becoming more focused on their health. And so they are seeking out uh, providers that not only will care for their oral health, but also are concerned about their overall health. So mm-hmm. I've definitely started seeing that. Uh, we are seeing somewhat of an uptick with patients talking more about the overall aesthetics and cosmetics you know, it's kind of like uh, one of the inside running jokes is is that uh, maybe people have been staring at zoom screens too much and seeing their self and their smile on the screen a lot so patients are definitely one of those situations where they have brought that up or talking to becomes a topic of discussion as well for patients Outside of that, it's a negative thing, but from a dental practice, obviously it's a positive thing is, is that from, you know, we've definitely seen changes as far as the overall issues, as far as patients are having. In other words, we've definitely seen increases as far as decay rate, periodontal disease, cracked teeth, mm-hmm. patients having uh, TMJ related issues, all kind of secondary to you know, whether it's stress, wearing masks, uh, they're just overall eating habits, all kinds of things. It's definitely had a unfortunate negative impact on their oral health. And from a dental practice, obviously, uh, those patients have a lot more needs than what they had before. 
Right. A lot more preventative meat, night guards, you know, probably. Uh, well, and I think a lot of people waited too, right, during a certain time. And so maybe there's a little bit more um, just a delay, you know, in getting to the dentist. And then you know, obviously, you know, you're going to have more to address, right? Right. Yep. So, yeah, there's a whole host of things that kind of really, I guess, if if you look at what kind of things it's kind of impacted, you know, whether it's the decay rate, you know, where you have people that, you know, people are staying at home, for instance, more so they're not going to work. And so pe- people that are sitting at home in front of computers are probably snacking more or you've got people that are drinking more, you know, soft drinks. Uh, you obviously have stress level. People are more stressed about the overall situation, whether it's about the virus, about the work situation. Maybe it's because they are stressed and that they're at home all the time. All those reasons are causing those people, of course, then have, you know, broken teeth and cracked teeth, jaw issues, so on and so forth. And then, of course, you know, like we mentioned earlier, this has been going on for 18 months. And so, mm-hmm. so there again, I mean, we've had plenty enough time for things to kind of cycle through to where patients have developed different habits and those different habits then equate into different outcomes. And, and I think that's, like I said, along with then the lack of coming into the dentist, because we do see people on a regular basis. In fact, I saw someone earlier today, first time we've seen them in, you know, about 16 months. And so they're a good example of where they had been doing some treatment, then they dropped out. So now they're back 16 months later, and now they've got uh, those issues and then some. And so... Well, it's good they have, I mean, they have someone experience, you know, your patients. And I think that, I think also what, what would be really interesting to, to hear a little bit about is how your, you know, maybe treatment planning and sequencing, you know, has evolved for you. Can you share, you know, a little bit about that? Well, you know, one, one of the things that, you know, I, I talked to a couple of the places, of course, where I teach at or get involved with, you know, um, continue education and one one thing is is that we talk a lot about treatment planning and sequencing and you know many times uh those two things kind of get i guess terms get confused from the standpoint that a lot of times you know when we're thinking about treatment planning it's different than sequencing and so uh, we have to treatment planning is is that we're kind of looking at the whole big picture things we have to think about aesthetics we have to think about function we have to think about structure we have to think about biology we have to think about all those different things but not necessarily that's always going to go in that order and you know yes definitely during this time you know we do talk about sequencing things differently. I mean, patients may be interested in doing more comprehensive care. However, you know, maybe due to uncertainties in their jobs or maybe they've got someone who's sick or maybe they can't come in for a longer appointment, whatever it may be, then those patients, we may end up sequencing things differently in the standpoint of where we do more transitional things to where uh, we can help ultimately get that patient to where they want to be, which is, you know, more complex treatment or finishing up a complex treatment plan if that's the, if that's what their needs or desires are in those situations. Uh, and the same thing with, you know, if they're concerned aesthetic or cosmetically, sometimes those patients, you know, we may transition those patients over. Maybe we'll do some 
you know, direct bonding or doing some, um, just some whitening until maybe things kind of settle down. And then, uh, we'll get some, these teeth that are cracked that they've taken, you know, um, and that that's come up over the past 18 months. And now they have to focus on that versus maybe they really want to focus on getting their smile corrected, but, you know, functionally and from a sequencing standpoint, they need to take care of these immediate issues that they've got. And and I know you, you know, you do focus on, I mean, you're, you know, uh, general practitioner, but you focus on a lot of the large cases because, you know, you've got complex case, background, right? And you've, and you've done a lot of these larger cases. Are you seeing anything? I'm curious with temporization, anything that you're planning on? Do you, do you plan on people being in that phase a little bit longer than before? Or have you done anything different with that uh, particular? I do. I mean, one of the things I definitely do think about that and I do look at trying to keep uh, patients and provisionals depending on the situation, uh, because I do realize that things are a lot more fluid you know, one thing I realize is, is that just as just what we saw just with the, the COVID pandemic uh, early on, I mean, you could be, we could, I could provisionalize a patient this week. And then in three weeks, if something significantly changed all of a sudden, I mean, God help us if they was to close things down. I don't think they could, but you know, there again, you know, 18 months ago, if somebody says you're going to close down your practice for two months and you're not going to be really able to see patients, uh, I would have just probably would have looked at you and thought you were kind of crazy going mm-hmm. do what really, do you really think that's going to happen mm-hmm. now? It's like, you know, I'm, I'm not, I have to kind of be open to those things. Right. And so, um, anything for you change on material choice or selection or technique or, or just planning for the procedure differently? Uh, I mean, I think primarily, I mean, what I try to do is just changed i guess a lot as far as material choices i mean like i Mm -hmm. said i do try to think about things from a preventative standpoint and i do try to think about the fact that you know these patients that are coming in it's it's a different platform if you will from the standpoint that the patients do have higher rates of decay patients are having higher rates of gum related issues patients are having more stress and clenching and grinding so I have to kind of think more about where this patient is in the, the, the grand scheme of things yeah. and, and that it's different. Right. And, you know, just, just thinking like, uh, I want to make sure, you know, before we end our time today that, I mean, this would be a very unique time for anyone. I would think, you know, the new generation of dentists graduating, right, from dental school and, and just sort of coming into this new environment as is. If you were in that situation or um, just what areas would you uh, focus, would you uh, share and and what would you pass along that you think would be really helpful? Well, I mean, I think probably one of the most powerful things that I've done throughout my entire career is continue education. And because it's one of those things that not only do you benefit from it, but also your patients. And given the fact that a lot of the new graduates that are coming out, unfortunately, they were in the midst of the COVID pandemic. And I know for a fact that also impacted their overall educational experience. And with that overall educational experience being impacted, then that's going to impact their overall knowledge base that they're coming out of. I mean, as much as I would love to say that, you know, uh, reading books and watching videos or listening to a podcast like this, whatever it may be, you can definitely pick up some tips, but one of the things is, is that 
you know, I've learned profoundly from is that the learning is in the doing. That's kind of where I've gained so much of my knowledge over the years is, is that not only have I gone and done continuing education courses, but then I've also practiced what I've learned from those uh, continuing education courses, along with the fact that it's so important to get involved with study clubs and groups, as well as finding great mentors. Mm-hmm. Uh, all those things are so profoundly helpful for dentists in general, but especially the new generation of dentists that are graduating from dental school. Yeah, I agree. And and even though it might be a little bit more, you know, challenging right now to find, you know, the venues and, and like you said, things are on, things are off, you know, I think we're getting used to that as well. You know, we are seeing those opportunities for people, right, in their communities and, and different areas to really seek out places to get that that great education, some hands-on courses, you know, just different ways of, of learning remotely too, you know, that can can add a lot of value. And and I, I agree with you. I don't think there's anything better than having really key mentors uh, in your life and people that you can, you know, just rely upon to share share ideas and like, what would you recommend to, to uh, have people be able to see where you're putting on some of your courses? I know you're doing that. Well, so, I mean, one thing that, of course, I mean, I, I will be at the Greater New York meeting later this year uh, with a couple, a couple of other clinicians. They're, we're involved with the Pink Institute. So, and of course, you know, earlier this year, I was slated to be at the ADA meeting. Of course, a lot of those things have changed. As far as future ones, you know, stay tuned. I'm trying to work on some other ones as far as that goes. But um, yeah. But I'm also involved with Spear Education, so we, we have our hands-on courses there. And, and there again, those are still kind of going on strong, as well as Panky. Is, um, both places are still going uh, strong with a lot of their hands-on courses and stuff. No, good good suggestion. And honestly, you know, we did want to reach out and, and connect with you because you are one of the, uh, a great clinician who's got a really, just a, a very good outlook on, on how to case plan, how to sequence, um, you know, material selection. I think it's, it's, it's nice to be able to connect you, you know, with other people so they can find out how to, how to learn a little bit more about, you know, from, from one another and the experience that we have. And so I want to, I want to thank you for uh, spending some time today and sharing us a little bit about uh, how, how everything is going with you and your practice and what things have changed and, and really giving some good, good advice and tips for people to focus on and, and honestly, what to be prepared for, right, in, in, this, uh, in this time. Dentistry is a, is a great place to make people healthy. Just thank you for your time today. I really appreciate the opportunity, and yeah. uh, I couldn't agree more. Uh, I think that uh, the dental professional right now, we have a wonderful opportunity to make a huge impact on uh, our patients' lives, uh, especially with everything that's going on, whether it's uh, the dentistry that we're doing for our patients uh, all the way to just giving them some kind words of support and advice as they've gone through uh, the pandemic themselves. Yeah, the, it's more than the mouth, you that, know, exactly. definitely more than the mouth. So um, thank you. Thank you, Dr. Lineberry, and I look forward to speaking to you again. All right. Thanks so much. I really appreciate yeah. it, Laura. Thank you. You've been listening to the Smiles Matter podcast, created by Microdental and Modern Dental Laboratories. For more information, you can go to our website, www.microdental.com slash smilesmatterpodcast, or find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or anywhere else podcasts are available. Thank you for listening, because we believe that smiles matter.